0: Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours.
2: Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb, you know, our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Kumo Majesty 9 Solus TA91. But did you know they sell other automotive products, wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few? Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to tirerackcom sports, TireRack.com. that's way tire buying should be.
0: This is the best of the Doug
2: Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, live from Super Week in Minneapolis, presented by Black Rifle Coffee. Man, we got a great show for you. Uh, Current and maybe future, or maybe former, Redskin quarterback Kirk Cousins will join us. Kirk Cousins will join us next hour, as will uh, former Pro Bowl running back D'Angelo Williams, as will Jason Lockham for that CBS's NFL Insider. Big Jeff Schwartz will put down that Bialy he's eaten and uh, come over and join us, and uh, we'll talk about some disrespectful blocks from the offensive line of these teams. So we got plenty of football. Um, I have an interesting thought on the future of Nick Foles I want to get to, something no one is talking about but they will talk about. We're going to be ahead of a story, but a story we're a little bit behind because it literally broke the second I put my headset down here at Mall of America uh, outside of Minneapolis and St. Uh, Paul. We're, like, in Bloomington. We're not right next to the airport. Like, if you land, uh, you could probably walk here faster than getting your bags and getting an Uber and driving over here. Anyway, we're at Radio Row we got a great list of guests all week, week long. If you miss any of the guests or any of the shows, download the podcast. Wherever you download podcasts, iTunes, FoxSportsRadio.com, et al. Um, or you can follow us on Twitter. We tweet out the podcast at the end of every day. Follow us on Facebook. Same thing. Blake Griffin was traded like an hour after the show was over last night. Now, I could give you the particulars of why it went down. Matter of fact, I will in a second. First thing is... Is there, while you may not believe in the Madden curse, right? Tom Brady is on the cover of Madden. I believe Tom Brady is on the cover of Madden. The Madden curse seems to be gone. You know what is alive and well? The Kardashian curse. Rashad McCants, Reggie Bush, Lamar Odom, Tristan Thompson, and oh yeah, by the way, Blake Griffin. Look at their stats before and stature before. Look at their stature afterwards. Kardashian kid, is real, kids. And Blake Griffin just got, went from the best descent in America, in, in the NBA, to the, one of the worst. Right? Like, all things being equal, when things are going bad, you get eliminated from the playoffs, you're injured, you lose, whatever. When you're descending into LAX airport, you're like, you know what? At least it's 75 and sunny. And the traffic sucks and the taxes are high. There's a reason the taxes are high. Because it's worth it. Especially when you're making 35, and 40 million, $35 to $40 million over the next four years. Like, let's not kid ourselves over the, well, the taxes. Like, dude, seriously. If you're making $40 million, you can pay your fair, fair share. Now his dissent... After games, we'll be back in Detroit, which is a great airport. The new terminal is amazing, right? The little train inside, hotel inside, great. Um, And the suburbs, honestly, are awesome, but the arena is in downtown. Yikes. Yikes. Now, the trade itself makes sense, okay? From the Pistons' standpoint, look, here's the dirty little secret about the NBA, okay? It's really hard to lure any free agents it just is it's hard to get any free agents because with the bird rights and the new supermax contracts you'd have to be crazy or have to be ridiculously rich and want to bet on yourself like kevin durant to want to leave where you are to go somewhere else and when you leave somewhere else no one signs in the midwest right the flyover states or even the layover states right Utah, Salt Lake, layover state. Detroit, Michigan, layover state. You know where the flyover, these are layover. You only stop in the Twin Cities for a layover. And please stop with the I've been to Salt Lake if you've only been to Salt Lake's airport. You haven't been to the Twin Cities. If uh, You know what, I flew Delta one time. I flew Northwest one time, back when it was Northwest. And that's not going to the Twin Cities. But the only way those places, Oklahoma City, New Orleans... Last year, what'd they do? How'd they get DeMarcus Cousins? You trade for him. You can't get free agents to sign there. It doesn't say anything awful about your city. It's just the reality of it. Outside of Miami, where it's beautiful and there's no state income tax, which, which does lure some people, plus Pat Riley. And outside of there, and maybe Houston, and Dallas, right, again, no state income tax, owners that are progressive, big cities where people want to play, and it's warm. I mean, New York can't even lure people anymore, right? Chicago, Chicago's not a free agent destination like it used to be. L.A., we think is going to be a free agent destination because it always has been, and it's the Lakers, and maybe this is the Clippers. It's really hard to get anybody to lure anybody as a free agent unless you got a really good team, and unless you live in somewhere it's really warm. Dallas, Houston, L.A., I think New York, Miami, that's about it, right? So, to Detroit, this makes sense, right? The only part that they didn't really want to part with was Tobias Harris. And, like, look, Tobias Harris is a good player. He's 25 years old. He's under contract for the next year and a quarter. That stinks. But Tobias Harris isn't what Blake Griffin is. He's just not. There's tiers of players in the NBA, and he's a star. He's a star not just because he's in TV commercials and he'll be in movies. He's a star because at the end of a game, at the end of a shot clock, you can give him the ball and he'll get a shot or make create a shot for somebody else. Period. There's stars, there's ancillary parts, and then there's role players. And then there's the fat girls at the prom just happy to be there. Right? The last guy on the bench. So for Detroit, it makes sense because they're nowhere and the only way to get somewhere is get a star and they also have Andre Drummond you get a uh, two big guys who can pass with a point guard who can't really pass and you try and fit some pieces around him and hope it works cuz what you were doing wasn't working meanwhile for the clippers they've done what it's really hard to do but you honestly wish your team would do which is like hey guess what we've had a dream first half of the season with the exception of Blake being hurt, and Blake's always hurt. We got more out of Lou Williams than we ever thought possible. More out of DeAndre than we ever thought possible. And we're still in ninth place. So if the best that we could possibly achieve is sixth or seventh place, why? Let's blow it up. And let's get us a shot at LeBron James or a shot at some big name free agent because DeAndre Jordan is next and maybe, maybe Lou Williams goes with him. Um, LeBron James had this to say about NBA stars getting traded. Yeah, when a player gets traded, it's, they was doing what's best for the franchise, but when a player decides to leave, it's, he's not loyal, he's a snake, he's not committed. That's the
3: narrative of how high goes. So I know that firsthand. Uh,
2: I know how it goes first, you know, And look, he's right that this move was not personal. What do they say in The Godfather? This was strictly business? It's not personal. It's strictly business. Right? It's not personal. It's strictly business. But let's also be honest. LeBron James did, in fact, make a business decision several times over, and he tried to make it—he made the the personal decision was to come back to Cleveland. And I know that people are—that we're being critical— of the Clippers for hanging his jersey in the rafters saying he was a Clipper for life. That feels weird. Well, it's also, let's not be disingenuous, Blake Griffin re-signed with the Clippers because they could re-sign him to an amount that no one else could re-sign him for. His decision was business. His decision was not personal. It's strictly business. Okay, that's the honest truth. The Thunder and the Pistons are in the same boat. The Pelicans and the Pistons are in the same boat. That's why the Thunder had to trade for Carmelo. And for Paul George, an expiring deal. And the Pelicans took on DeMarcus Cousins. The only way you get a guy of that stature, I guess two ways. One, you get lucky and you draft him when you're really, really bad. Or two, is you acquire him in free agency. And when you get him, you hold on to him as long as you can. And you assign them to way more money than they're worth, hoping that they will stay. And they're not staying because it's personal. They're staying because it's business.
3: It's not personal. It's strictly business.
2: In the NBA, it's about having a star, just like in the NBA, it's about having a quarterback. Let me see in the NFL. Just is. So I understand what the Clippers are doing. I understand what the Pistons are doing. And I do think that Blake Griffin has gone from being overrated to underrated. I think it's going to be fascinating to see what a star player does going from the west to the east as opposed to east to the west like so many have done. And maybe more than anything, I I go back to what I heard uh, Jerry West say this offseason when he signed on with the Clippers. He talked about what a great owner Steve Ballmer was to work for and how much he wants to champion the individual causes and growth of his players and about how they want to build a culture, a championship culture there. And that's why Jerry West was brought on board. This is a move to get LeBron James and Paul George, the same thing the Lakers are trying to do. The only difference is they don't have a LeVar Ball problem. Now, there's still the Clippers. But LeBron's not from L.A., so he doesn't look at the Clippers the way that everybody from L.A. looks at the Clippers. Right? The whole thing is fascinating to me, and I'm thankful for it because usually Super Week, we end up talking about the game and the cornerback and the, and the, and the, and the what are the lines, the, 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 te- not the teasers, what are the, the lines called in Vegas? The lines that don't always have to do with sports, the prop bets, oh, that is, that's bad radio. Right? Let me read you the funniest prop bets from Now we got actual sports to talk about We have a star player being traded Six months after signing What we thought was a lifetime commitment But you know the Clippers Just like other folks in LA They got married then six months later Like you know there could be another chick coming out That's available that might be interested in us And they have the wandering eye As teams are known to do They got back off the honeymoon and realized, yeah, they'd lived together before, and it wasn't that great. Can the Patriots' offensive line stop that nasty defensive front from the Philadelphia Eagles? A nine-year NFL vet and a connoisseur of all things good food, Jeff Schwartz will be our guest upcoming next. But first, hey guys, I'm here to tell you about a supplement I take every day called M-DRIVE. If your New Year's resolution includes increasing your overall performance, your strength, your stamina, your endurance, your vitality, or you just want to get off the couch and start a new routine, M-Drive has a product formulated just for you. If you exercise hard every day, M-Drive Elite has five clinically tested ingredients for you. If you need to shed those extra pounds, there's M-Drive Boost and Burn for the Weekend Warrior. There's M-Drive Classic. If you're looking to just get started, there's M-Drive Prime. And if you need the sustained energy to get you through your busy workday, there's M-Drive Workforce. M Drive has a product for you at Walgreens, Dwayne Reed, Vitamin Shop, Sprouts, GMC. My listeners, just for you, I got a deal for you. Go to MDriveFit.com, type in the promo code Doug, D O U G. MDriveFit.com, promo code is Doug. You get 25% off your M Drive purchase today. That's MDriveFit.com, promo code is D O U G. Make this the year that you refind your prime with M-Drive. Be sure to catch live
0: editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports
2: Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Let's uh, welcome in our our next guest, which is Kirk Cousins, quarterback Washington Redskins. Kind enough to spend some time with us. And over the next month, month and a half, right, he's a guy that's going to really shape a bunch of movement in the offseason what happens with Kirk Cousins before we get to that uh, let's welcome in Kirk thanks so much for taking some time I I want to ask you let me just get get your perspective how would you characterize your season
4: you know like so many NFL seasons it's up and down it's imperfect Uh, I think I grew as a player got a lot better gained some confidence and uh, you know we faced some adversity with some injuries and it was imperfect but uh, you know, I think I took another step forward as a player and now just have to uh You know, find a way to turn it into more wins and hopefully a playoff berth and playoff wins. There's been lots of uh, comments,
2: and I think it's because one, Jay Gruden, um, I think he's good in a press conference, he does make some poignant comments, but two, because sometimes. Even before you, the Redskins have managed to step on their toes with things that are said, that people blow what's said after games or after a season out of proportion. How do you take it? When I'll give you an example. Gruden said after the season at a press conference, hey, it's hard when a team's 7-9, it's hard to say anybody's outstanding, even our quarterback. When you hear that, when you hear some of the critique of your play at a, as a, at a press conference, how do you take it?
4: Well, you know, people are entitled to their opinions, and I've always tried to do my best to ignore the noise and not, not let it get to me. Certainly take coaching and, and, and uh, you know, make sure you use it to become a better player, uh, not take it personally. Um, but, and I understand what he's saying, but uh, the implication is that, you know, 7-9 and nine and the quarterback player are the exact same thing. And right. I think it's slightly more complicated than that in terms of what it takes to to have a record. Even if we had gone thirteen and three, it's not all my you know responsibility to go thirteen and three. Where it's oh, it's all Kirk. You know we, that wouldn't have happened either. So you know it's a team game. He knows that, and uh, I think that's where you know the, comp, the the comment. I think it's slightly more complicated than that. Okay, so 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 help me out.
2: Um, how should we read your guys' relationship, right? Because some of this feels like like man, shouldn't he be telling Kirk this stuff like? in the team, in the meetings <laughs> and yet he's telling us and yet on the yeah. other hand like for us in the media we're like this is awesome right he's telling <laughs> us all this stuff so yeah. again, like how how should we be how,
4: when we hear it should we be like man kirk doesn't like that or is it like what is it like nah, for you you know i've i've learned not to take things too personally i mean i've you know, I've heard our our team call me Kurt instead of Kirk. You know, I, I just let it roll it off my back, you know, and just say, all right, you know. We can but nobody, over. like, dude, look, dude, your name is Kirk Cousins. And we had
2: <laughs> we had a ton of fun with it, okay? But, you know, like, look, my last name is Gottlieb. It's a lot harder to pronounce than Kirk is. But still, when people constantly butcher especially somebody who signs <laughs> your check, and he says it
4: over and over again, like, come on, you can't tell me that. It's not like, come on, dude, you got to know my name. Yeah, no, they, they, they know my name. But, you uh, know. You know, it's it is what it is. I, I'm fine. I'm I'm good. They're they're certainly you know I've communicated their belief in me, and they've shown that in the way they've they've compensated me, and the way they've allowed me to play for them. So, I got no complaints. I'm in a good place, and uh, I'm focused on the future and moving forward. And I think there's a lot to be excited about.
2: All right, so the, okay, there's the transition tag. You know the trans. You know all these tags, right? There's a the transition yeah. tag, which means they can tag again, which I guess sucks. But on the other hand, like dude, twenty plus million dollars, third straight year. Yeah. I'm not gonna. But it
4: allows them to search the market. Is that your sense of what's next for you? To, you tell me, man. I have no idea what's going to happen. I really don't know. I think any, any move you make is justifiable for a reason. And, uh, you know, it's my job not to try to figure it out or worry about something I can't control. I'm going to enjoy the month of February, just relax, sit back, and then let them make their decision in early March and then react accordingly. So I'm going to, as I've played in the past, just continue to be a little passive and just let them make their decision and then, and then go from there. All right, a couple of ties to you
2: playing in this game. Uh, you've seen the Eagles twice. Um, Obviously, I mean, they're a different team now with with Nick, another tie to you, obviously a Michigan State guy at one point in time in his career before he left for Arizona. Let's start with the Eagles. What about their defense makes it so tough to play against?
4: Yeah, I remember the uh, offensive lineman on our team commenting that, you know, they have so many defensive linemen that they rotate them in. And so right when you're on like a, let's say you're on a 12-play drive and you're in play six and it was Chris Long going against our right tackle and then he rotates out and Barnett comes in and then he rotates out and Vinny Curry comes in and you get these fresh pass rushers every time and our right tackle, Morgan Moses, going every play. And so he had to go against a fresh pass rusher so many different times because they kept rotating guys in and out. And they've invested so much in their defensive line and I think that it showed uh, that that really set them apart. And they, I didn't even mention Fletcher Cox and what he can do inside. So they've got a really good defensive line. They're well coached with, with Coach Schwartz, and I think that, that was the starting point for them you know, being to be a Super Bowl-caliber team. Foles, we mentioned, started obviously at Michigan
2: State before making his way to Arizona. But being a guy who uh, was a backup, then a starter, and then a backup, now a starter as well, I thought just in watching like, there's a guy who rediscovered his confidence, right? No like, like it, it felt like when he was first operating the offense, it wasn't his offense, didn't feel um, you, so you saw the same thing?
4: I think so. I think when his first go around in Philadelphia with Coach Reed and Doug Peterson when they were both there, I think he had a really positive experience loved their coaching. Then Coach Kelly came in. He had a good year with Coach Kelly, but then Coach Kelly went with Bradford went a different direction, and so Nick then goes out to LA, and then ends up back in Kansas City with Coach Peterson and Coach Reed, and I think again had a positive experience, and then went with Coach Peterson to, to Philly, and I just it seems to be to me that uh, you know, that's been a good fit for him. He likes working with those guys. It's been a good offense for him. He believes in what they're building and what they do, and knows it well after all these years uh, working with Coach Peterson. And uh, I think he has a lot of confidence, in and he's played in this league. He knows what he's doing, and he's been around the block. But but for people who don't
2: understand, and like you're look, you're a smart, confident person. But how do you? How important is that to oh, the job? How important is that yeah, to the job? Not,
4: I, not only confidence, but momentum. You know, you see these teams that get, get momentum, and then the next thing you know, they're playing way way better than people expected, and vice versa, too. Sometimes some teams that were thought to be really, really good, they can't seem to get it going, and then they kind of spiral downward out of control. So there's no doubt that momentum and confidence is a big part of this game, and I think Nick and the team, the whole Eagles team, has kind of found that this year as they went.
2: People have made the comparison to you and to Brady. Obviously, Michigan and Michigan State, guys dra- under-drafted, dra- under guys that have worked Their way into starting spots in the league. Uh, I actually asked you this last year. I'm sure you've forgotten because you do a hundred of these interviews. But when you see Brady, all of us at home, they're down ten. You're like, dude, he's winning this game. Yeah, he's winning this game. He just finds a way to win this game. But quarterback to quarterback, when you see him, what impresses you? What do you learn? What do you take from him?
4: Yeah, it's the ability to just continue to play at a high level year in and year out. And. Man, I mean, but how does he do it? Yeah, you know, I think it's the way he takes care of his body. I think it's great coaching. I think it's, you know, he, he's a great leader, so he elevates the play of those around him. He makes the other ten guys in the huddle play at a different level because he's in there and not somebody else. Um, great feel in the pocket. Very accurate. Um, great decision maker. Sees the feel well. Knows how to avoid pressure. Even though he's not mobile, he doesn't take a lot of sacks. I mean, all those things. That's being, the crazy part, though, yeah, right? I like, mean, we're,
2: we're, you're in a league now where you have to have some mobility at quarterback. Well, and you, yet he's not. But how does it, he? He has, like, pocket mobility, yeah, even you, though
4: he's not fast. you got to be able to feel the rush, sense the rush, have that sixth sense. And then you also have to be able to get rid of the ball quickly and process quickly. And and so, you know, as linemen will say to me as we, if we go into a game where they know they're going to have their hands full, they say, hey, Kirk, treat the football like a hot potato today. You know, and I think the good quarterbacks are able to do that. They're able to process quickly and get it to their check down or get it to the right guy without taking five seconds to do it. And it gets pressure off their own line, and it nullifies a good pass rush, and Tom does that well. But, uh, you know, Tom has a lot of experience through the years that he's built up, and that he's really relied on that, and I think it serves him well. Um, obviously,
2: you're a Michigan State alum, uh, a, a proud Spartan. You know about what first went on or first has been reported went on with, with Larry Nasser. I want to ask you about uh discussion now about Mark D'Antonio, football program, basketball program, Tom Izzo. Uh, as As a Spartan, what's your reaction to this latest news?
4: Yeah, you know, I'm still trying to gather what the facts are pertaining to what really happened. So it's hard to you know, have an opinion or, or pass a judgment when I don't really even understand still what took place, what was supposed to take place, what the proper protocol was. I don't know. I don't know what protocol is is supposed to be followed. Um, I know that you know what happened with the gymnastics program is a little bit of a different incident, and that you know I, I applaud the fact that those women came forward and, and shared their story. And um, I know that the university going forward is committed to implementing you know positive changes to ensure a better environment for students and for athletes. But uh, my experience with Coach Antonio is really all I can speak from, and. Mine was one of Coach D'Antonio, Coach D'Antonio operating with high integrity. He had no tolerance for shenanigans, and uh, you know I think he did what you know I think what he tried to do what he was supposed to do or what he thought was the right thing to do at the time, which was to pass it on to people whose job is to handle that. And uh, you know Coach D'Antonio has two daughters who, when a lot of this stuff happened, were college-age daughters. I mean, right. he, he has a lot in this at stake here to make sure things are handled properly. And uh, my experience with him has always been that he would he would do that unequivocally.
2: One last thing on, on the contract: How do you want? How do you want people, fans, whether it's Redskins fans or fans of other teams, how should they perceive Kirk Cousins as of right now? Are you free agent quarterback? Are you Redskins quarterback? <laughs> yeah. how, when, we, when we talk Kirk Cousins, how should we talk about you?
4: Well, I'm under contract with the Redskins until, I believe, March 6th. They've got to make a decision on what they're going to do. So until then, you know, I'm with the Redskins. and. Uh, and the ball's in their court to make a decision on March 6th what they want to do. And then I'll react accordingly. And uh, at that point, based on their decision, you know, check back with me and, and I'll let you know. But uh, until then, you know, I'm with the Redskins and, and we'll see what they want to do.
2: All right. Verizon has a rewards program called Verizon Up. Yeah. And you get these once-in-a-lifetime experiences. Uh, these are pretty these are pretty dope, right? Like no you doubt. Can, uh, VIP access to a Justin Timberlake concert. Yep. Now, do you get – is that part of the deal here where you, <laughs> you're like, hey, look, I'll do the Verizon thing, but I get to hang with you? Yeah. AT, the Super Bowl. Right,
4: exactly. Yeah, this Verizon Up Loyalty Program is a new program they're offering all their customers. You can, you know, become a part of it just by going to the My Verizon app. Um, but they got this Verizon Up Lounge all week long in downtown Minneapolis, where they're allowing their customers, anybody who's a member of the Verizon Up Loyalty Program, to be a part of these events. You know, they can uh, be there to charge their phones, have VIP viewing for the concerts, and meet with NFL players. I'll be there later this afternoon, and um, so it's a really cool program. And uh, they want to get all their customers on board, and then obviously bring over customers of other competitors. Bring over and and uh, become a Verizon customer and join the loyalty program and uh, discover why you know Verizon is the uh, is the best network going
2: and you go to Verizon.com to learn more about the Verizon up rewards program until March or maybe until uh, the end of time he is the quarterback (laughs) of the Washington Redskins stay tuned Kirk great stuff thanks for catching up
4: with us all right absolutely Fox Sports
0: Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com and within the
2: iHeartRadio app D'Angelo Williams joins us on the show, as he does every week. The former Pro Bowl running back, led the league in rushing. Did you buy Twitter, Twitter followers? Is that what you're... No.
3: How is that illegal? There's nothing illegal about buying Twitter. They're not fake Twitter followers. Like they're, They obviously follow somebody. They just direct it to his page.
2: So how is that illegal? Um, I, it's not illegal. He's not being arrested for it. He's, being, uh, he, he's suspended indefinitely by the Chicago Sun-Times, right? Because he's perpetuating a fraud as if... You know the reason, like he blasts out his his film critic pieces to however many followers. Um, it's uh, you know, like I, I don't even know how many I don't even followers. don't, don't follow even know Richard what it bro- is. Know- <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not a it's it's a bad look for a business, right? Like if like in my business, like I have 200 and was it 46,000 or so uh, Twitter followers. Like yes. if if but. Like, so when we post stuff out, like if I if part of why I made what I made was based upon number of my Twitter followers, which some people have, right, right. Um, I, I think I could lose a job or be suspended for a job. You're not going to be fired. You're not going to be um, arrested for it. That would be right. illegal. It's not illegal. It's immoral, I guess is what they're saying. Ah, uh, okay. When you first said that on the breaking news, how many did he have? Uh, Richard Roper has...
3: 224000 He didn't even buy a lot. You got to buy a lot more and He debt. got suspended for that. Like, I thought we were talking about millions it's he got, here. It's
2: because he got caught, I guess. It's because he got caught. <laughs> uh, D'Angelo Williams joins us. He's getting ready to hunt in the Serengeti. Yeah. Do you, look, a lot of guys that come up to Minnesota and they're like, it's winter. I want to go ice fishing. Okay? And can I give you my thoughts on ice fishing? Uh, yes. Okay, because I, I've talked about this in a bunch of stations I've been on. I want to go ice fishing, but I know I'm I would I would I would regret it. And here's why: I want to go because I want to check it off the box. I want to say like, "Yep, I went, I did it." They dug a hole, I put a line in, I pulled the fish out. That's what I want to do. The problem is, um, somebody like if I say it right now or tweet it right now, there'll be some people here are so freaking nice. It's almost it's almost uncomfortable, right? Like, why are you nah. being so nice? They're just super super nice. That's how the Midwest is. <laughs> so they'd be like, "Look, Godly, I'll meet <laughs> you." Don't you know? I'll meet you outside your car, outside your the Mall of America. I'll pick you up. We'll go ice fishing afterwards on my on my grandpappy's farm. All right. So we'll we'll go up and we'll go. So it's super cold. I don't like cold. Like I don't know anybody that goes. Man, I can't wait till it gets below freezing. That's when it gets awesome, right? So I will go out there and I know there'll be a bunch of beer to drink. Which the first one will go down good, but after that it gets to where I can't. I'm not a heavy. They beer get drinker. frosty. They get frosty. Yeah, and then like then you're just kind of sitting out there. And once you like put your line in the water and you if you pull lucky enough to pull. You're like I'm good. I've done it. Check the box. I'm I'm gone. Why is that even a box to check? Because it's kind of a thing, right? When no, else in your life no, are no, you going to go no, sit no. on top of ice no. and drink a beer, and you're supposed to tell stories and go ice fishing?
3: Dude, I am trying my best to stop laughing and, like, get myself together. But you're going
2: to go hunt buffalo in the Serengeti? No,
3: that's not why I'm laughing, bro. When you said that the people here in the Midwest are so nice, they are. The, the people from Minnesota, all I could think of was those Philadelphia Eagle fans hurling batteries at them, and they were just dodging them, and nobody got mad that they were getting hit. <laughs> right. Right, battery. Right, like I get hit ambiguous. with a battery. Somebody's gonna die. <laughs> right,
2: right. You get hit they in the head, and they're walking. like, "Oh, sorry, I didn't yeah. mean to come into your stadium. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the battery. I'll have to use that here in my, uh, in no, my Sony Discman." Nobody
3: retaliated. So that's a great, that's a great, that's a great thing that you can say about Minnesotans
2: is that they, uh, they just, they, they just take what you give them, man, and they just kind of roll with you it. You played for Dave Gettleman. He wasn't your coach, but he's your general manager when yes. you're, you're in Carolina. It didn't end well in Carolina it because did he didn't want to give a couple of the old heads uh, one last contract, right? That was well, his... no,
3: that, that, that wasn't what it was. What that, was it? that wasn't the issue. It was the, it was the way he handled things, and uh, I did a pretty good job of explaining it earlier. Uh, so I'll try to my best to explain it right now. I don't know how much time that we have. So th- this was the thing. We wasn't Dave Gettleman guys. Myself, Steve Smith, Josh Norman, all the older guys that he got rid of. Also, Coach Aver- was not that old. I mean, he was old enough to wear he didn't – I mean, he had enough clout to wear But didn't Gettleman draft him? No, Gettleman didn't draft him. Really? No, Gettleman okay. didn't draft him. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, it's cool. This, I think it's his seventh year. Uh, Gettleman's fourth or fifth with Carolina. Though. Okay. Yeah, he was before that. But it, we wasn't Gettleman guys because the our guy was Marty Herney. Marty Herney was our guy. Uh <laughs> what's going on <laughs> so marty Horney was our guy and marty we had the relationship with him everybody downstairs in that locker room the coaches and the players we're family right everybody upstairs it's all business right. they don't they don't come down and develop relationships unless you have that gm that drafted you come down because you're his guy i understand so when dave came in we wasn't dave guys so dave thing was is this is business this is business this is business so as a business when he called you upstairs he did not matter it didn't matter to him that i played nine years you you know what he said hey man we don't need you anymore you're cut that's exactly how the conversation went, man. That was that's pretty much the com- That's the synopsis of the conversation. Right? I, I, I know that's how you right. took the conversation. Well, well, no, that's how. Did he, but, but, did he but, but have see, any more grace there, than that? Did he say, no, "I appreciate why, your time"? Why? And,
2: it's a business. I understand why? it's a business, but so, you're, still, you're still a human being. No, did he, no, did no, he no, at least no, treat no, you no. like a human being? You, is that what you think? No, is no, no I'm not saying what I think. Yeah. I want to know. You were in that conversation. I'm telling you the synopsis of the conversation. No, not the synopsis. What was? Give me the. Give me the what he said. What he said. This is what he
3: said when I walked in. So first of all, it's him and it's Rivera, right? I come in I'm like Hey coach He was like Hey And I'm like You know Normally me and Coach Rivera We have you know A lot of conversation right, right, right. So I sit down And I was like, uh, I was like So what the hell Going on what what, <laughs> what what are we in here like, did for Did you have
2: a spike In your contract
3: I, No I didn't No I didn't I, My contract was For two million dollars Exactly what it was Going to cost In uh, Pittsburgh What they gave me Two million dollars And um uh, he said, uh, hey, man, you know, do you know why you're here? I said, no, I just said, what the hell going on? I don't, I don't know why I'm here. Right. He was like, well, man, we got to let you go. I said, wait, what? He said, yeah, man, we got to let you go. Like, let me go, like, you gonna let me go out of the room or, like, let me go, like, yeah, yeah, man, we just, it's not enough footballs here for you and your contract's too expensive. I got up, I shook his hand,
2: and I left. It's cold-blooded, man. So that's, and, that's so you, business. And then and then hey, the same it was thing out with Steve they, Smith. It was Steve. No, they text Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but, but Steve. But, but listen, listen. Steve has a well-earned reputation. Man, I don't, you call I don't, Steve I don't, in that no, office and there's no, only two no, dudes and there's no, no security, right? <laughs> no. Like who wasn't no. we beat up in practice? No. I'm just thinking Dave Gettleman's like, that, yo, Steve can take no, me, has, and and Rivera wouldn't get in the way. It, it has nothing gonna, to do with I'm that. I'm going to text him. It, it has nothing to do with that, Doug. There's a lot of So 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 okay. So here's the question he goes into New York yes the the obvious thing is, hey, nobody nobody who's there is safe because they're not
3: his guy. No, that's bullcrap because he was there before he started. So Eli Manning, all those older guys, he know he either drafted them or had his hand into that. So everybody's talking about Eli Manning is not going to be there next year. I call bullcrap on that because he was one of Dave Gettleman's guys.
2: Okay, so but uh, here's I guess here's my question: is is it smart to rebuild around Eli Manning? Like he's is well, he so washed that you can't? Well, I'm telling you right now,
3: if I'm if if New York want to know what I think of get him, he's your problem now. That's what I'm telling them. Because they went three and thirteen and it's not hard for him to come in and they go eight and eight and everybody's just like, man, he just rebuild our program. They went three and thirteen, Doug. Yeah. Like if I well, wanna, also didn't have
2: if, Odell Beckham Jr. anybody, you're gonna be better dude, if you see OBJ's I, back. It,
3: you still got Eli Manning. You uh, still got a horrible offensive line. I understand. You My, still, like, so, you, like, it's like, not going to fix it. You
2: can't uh, put a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. I understand. So he, you, I, I put you in charge. Okay. Right? I put All you in charge. You got the second pick in the draft. I'm taking an offensive, an offensive lineman. You can't take an offensive lineman, too. Not in a quarterback. You could trade down and get an offensive lineman. What? I'm taking an offensive lineman. There isn't anybody that we would, you would – You okay, so you're keeping Eli. You're taking an offensive lineman. Yes. You have Saquon Barkley as an elite running back. The running back's not the issue. The offensive line is. Yeah, but do they have a running back? If they had a good offensive line, do they it, have good, it, it, good it enough does, running backs it, there? It
3: does not matter. If you do not have a good offensive line, it does not matter what running back you put back there you're going to have issues still. You're not going to be able to move the
2: football. And, look, I agree with you. And if you look at these two teams, they rebuilt their offensive lines. You look at the teams who have done well early in the season, middle of the season, end of the season. The the Raiders' offensive line didn't fit their, their scheme. But when they finally got to the playoffs last year, it was the rebuild offensive line that did so. Yes. But the problem with it is here's what a Giants fan will tell you. Hey, man, we're the Giants. We ain't ever going to draft in the top five again. This is our shot to get a quarterback. It's a quarterback draft. Do you and if you and you know, do you take I, that as a okay, I understand we need an offensive line, but let's take a quarterback because we're gonna ultimately need a quarterback to rebuild this thing the right way?
3: Now now let's throw I'm throwing all caution to the wind here. You it's probably you probably gonna cringe when I say this. Okay. But we're gonna go with tenure, okay? Um Tom Brady in New England. His greatest threat was Jimmy Garoppolo. What happened to him? Got traded. Okay. So why would you bring in a guy? With Eli, they benched Eli Manning last year, bro, and it was an uproar. They benched him.
2: Oh, I understand. Look, right? you you talking about getting rid you, of him all together? I told you they in should New trade York? him. I trade him. You should trade trade him week seven, week five. Man. You should trade him to Jacksonville. Jacksonville, you're obviously not a New York Giants fan or live in New York. I actually did live in New York, and my dad, my late father, and my son are Giants fans. Like I'm just telling you the reality. And they, and of they it. want Eli gone. They wanted Eli. Everybody wanted Eli gone. Everybody, the owner. So they why do, did the, they get upset when they, he got benched? The only people that got upset were the fans, and they overreacted to the fans. <laughs> Unreal. Uh, all right, let's get let's get to uh, Brady. Yes. Um, when you see Brady as a guy who has played with some of the best in the game, you yes. play with Big Ben. Uh, you play yes. you play with Cam. Do you play you play some with Del- Deloem too? Right. Yeah, I play with Jake. You play with the good Jake, and then the post playoff Jake. That was never the same. <sighs> Just, I play with Jake, okay? okay so. <laughs> <laughs> I play with Jake. What, what, when you see Brady, what do you, what do you say?
3: Uh, somebody's been doing it for a very long time. I, you know, he kind of put me in the mindset of uh, Peyton Manning. You're always going to compare guys to guys that have done it and gotten out. You know, Peyton Manning didn't end on a high note. Right. He did win the Super Bowl, but right. from a statist- statistical standpoint, it wasn't high at all. No, he's doing uh, he, nine he touchdowns, that-
2: 17 interceptions this last right. year. Absolutely,
3: you know any other quarterback that would have did that would have been sitting on the bench. He was 100%. actually
2: they actually remember they benched him for Brock, Brock, and they're like, okay, Brock Osweiler is so bad, we would rather take a washed up Peyton Manning. And he yes. lifted what the defense carried them to a Super Bowl. A- absolutely, it was a it was a perfect so, calm before the storm. It was the it was the Baltimore Ravens in 2013. So okay, but do you think is is he as good? People are saying he's the greatest ever.
3: You actually played. I, I don't. It's 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 all generational, man. Uh, it's but what all about in this general?
2: Like i made the argument. I know he's accomplished more. I would rather have Aaron Rodgers on Sunday. Yes. Than yes. Yes. And I'm not trying to take away from the dude's clutch. He's been phenomenal. And right. doing it at 40 is incredible. Right. And there wasn't a second in that game on Sunday, a week ago Sunday, we talked about this last week, yeah. that I thought they were going to lose. That said, I would still rather have Rodgers because I think he does everything Brady does, just does it a little bit better in some ways. You know, movement out of the pocket. Maybe a little bit stronger arm. I just think he plays for an inferior franchise in terms of coaching and overall talent. So you're you're telling me that uh, we're
3: talking about where Tom Brady is right now, not where Tom Brady has been, right? We're talking about the older Tom, but we're not talking about I don't know. Tom I mean, Brady career. Wait, I, I'm just trying to make sure I get a better understanding because he's had a, a better younger,
2: he's had a better career. Tom Brady, yes, yes. I would say you Aaron that- Rodgers peak Aaron. Ro- I would take peak Aaron Rodgers ahead of peak Tom Brady. I'm just saying that that's my opinion, but I'm, I am your. What opinion? franchise are you running? What do you mean? What franchise are you running? Any franchise. I think he's a better quarterback. You don't. You for you a second ago you agreed. Now you disagree. No, no, no. I, because I thought you was talking about, about right. Forty year right, old, right, right 40 now. old. Forty Tom year old
3: Tom Brady versus thirty one yeah, year, yeah, yeah, year old, thirty two year old. Yeah, I didn't know you was talking about peak and peak. Yes. I'm, I, you disagree. I, 100%. Doug, I, I can't. You're saying this. I can see the conviction. Like, yeah. you're not pulling my leg and no, you're no, no, serious. No, no. Yeah. What is wrong with you? The,
2: because I th- Aaron Rodgers plays the position How much sleep than did any- you get last night? I did not get a lot of sleep That's last night. That's what's going but on have, right now. That is exactly but, but I have, what's I have, going on. I have held firm to this belief. That is
3: what's wrong. Your I've health is in question. We're going to have to make sure we check you out and make sure you're okay. I know we don't have concussion protocol here, but what we're going to do is we're going to check you for dehydration, uh, for who. Hallucinations and possibly just saying just uh, deranged stuff. Who wins the Super Bowl? Uh, whew, now that's a tough one. Because Philly has the defense. Yes. It depends on which Nick Foles I get. Am I getting the NFC Championship Nick Foles or the Nick Foles in the
2: regular season? Well, is, it, is his thing confidence? Is it he has to find the right system that fits? What is it? Because if you watched him the, the, the second week he started, the, the last at the end of the regular season, he was terrible. Yes. Oh, dude. Terrible. He looked lost. Oh, he man. He looked like he was driving somebody else's. He looked like he was driving somebody. Oh, you know what he looked like? He looked like he ever gone to somebody's house and tried to turn on their TV and, like, use their stereo system. You're like, damn, I don't know what any. Of these buttons yes, do. Yes, I have yes. no idea. I have yes. a universal remote in my house, and this doesn't work. Yes. that's what he looked like. Yes, and now, then last week he looked totally comfortable throwing the ball deep down the field. Yes, so yes. what? What is it
3: with him? Why I not? have no idea. I don't know if it's nerves because he came out in that division around, and I was like, "Dude, Philly's not going to make it. This is they're, they're going to get carried by the defense." I'm thinking again, you know, I always go back to Baltimore Trent for 2003. I'm like, "This is what's going to happen," and then he steps up in the NFC Championship game, and I'm just like. What the hell? What, like, the difference a week makes. So, if, if we get the NFC Championship, Nick Foles, this game may not even be close. Philadelphia yep. Eagles run off with it. However... If we get the regular season, Nick Foles, yeah, 16, it's going to go the other way. 17. It's going to go the other way fast because Philly has the defense to yes. play. They have the up front four. They, it, it reminds me of that New York Giants defense when they played and when they were undefeated, when they had Randy Moss, and nobody gave them a chance. Whereas everybody's kind of like they want Philadelphia to win because they're tired of Tom Brady winning or they want Tom Brady to win because they want to solidify that he's the greatest of all time ever statistically, Super Bowl, MVPs. They want to, like, put that stamp of approval on Tom Brady doing it at 40.
2: That's D'Angelo Williams. He joined us every week. We'll have, he'll join us uh, next week and tell us who had the stupidest Uh, The stupidest play in the... Who did the stupidest decision in the Super Bowl? I, I got one for this week. What do you got? The stupidest decision
3: of the week was Doug Godley picking Aaron Rodgers in his peak
2: over Tom Brady in his peak. That's I, I, what the stupidest decision stand by of it. the week I stand is. by it. The numbers support me. The arm strength supports me. The foot movement supports me. But the I know stats don't support you. The, o- the only <laughs> stat is Tom Brady did have an undefeated regular season, which Aaron Rodgers did not.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Let's welcome in
2: the great Ryan Leaf, who joins Ooh, us. the great Ryan Leaf. I like Why? that. Why? How do you want to be introduced? Oh. Oh, mediocre. Um, when I say mediocre, hold on. This is an interesting, interesting thing. <laughs> when I say mediocre, what, what, what what's your, rea- what, what does the word mediocre mean to you? Um, flawed human being trying to be better every day. I know that's who you are, but mediocre actually means average. Yeah. But I know, but, like, people say mediocre, like, man, I'm better than mediocre. Like, mediocre is average. It's like, that's not terrible. I'm happy. I'm okay with that. I understand. But I think most people think that mediocre is, I do is, too. is bad, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, probably. Whereas, like, subpar is bad. Uh... But even subpar doesn't sound as bad as mediocre. It doesn't, right? But for whatever reason, mediocre.
5: How are you? I'm, I'm good, man. I'm. It's been a busy day. Been running around here, but you know we're getting our message out. We're, uh, we're helping people, and I, I get to interact with guys I don't, I don't see on a, on a, on, a, on, a ba- on too many times a year. So.
2: Um, you have you're working with transcend recovery community and this is i know this has become your life's work and so for for people who don't know exactly what that is explain uh, it, it's a
5: recovery community that's based in los angeles we have uh, facilities in new york and houston as well and they're sober living environments that help people who are dealing with substance abuse and mental health issues and you're right it's it's the center of my universe, you know. It's it's the foundation that allows me to do all these other great things. To do work with Fox, with you guys there, to work with work with SiriusXM as a, a college football analyst, and it allows me to do all those other things. But it's it's got to be set in that foundation. It's my center or my
2: constant. I, I had to have you on because uh, first of it's Wazoo, second it's a quarterback, third. Uh, I mean, I I think everyone was just crestfallen for what happened with Tyler Helinski, who um, if if you you, this might jog people's memory, he started the Holiday Bowl uh, because Luke Falk was injured and he was set to be the starting quarterback at Washington State next season. He tragically decided to take his own life going back about a week and a half ago. And, of course, uh, your tweet afterwards um, to him and to his family and to people around him uh, was it just it felt incredibly, incredibly honest uh you've been you you went through some tough times man yeah. and the tough times um that i'm sure people would say you know hey you brought it on yourself like yeah but you know addiction is a nasty disease and when you couple it with depression um it it it's really hard to dig yourself out of did you ever have thoughts of suicide yeah man look at that so i have a scar on
5: my left wrist here where i or i attempted to 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 you know take my when, own life when was it been after the first time I was arrested uh, after I bonded out in between in between when I got arrested again and and, and uh, just about six years ago and uh, so when that happened when I heard about Tyler it was the immediate reaction was you know I knew exactly where he was or how he felt that moment where you feel the best possible answer is not to be here anymore that that was the that would be the relief to these feelings uh and they pass i just what i wished and what i stated in the tweet was simply i wish i was in that room in that apartment where i could look him in the eye that amazing young man and say you know i've been right there it's uh uh, i know a way out um there's hope and then i said i would i would have wrapped my arms around him and and just never let go how
2: um I mean, I, if I'm bringing up a terrible memory, I apologize. Uh, but you, you did show me the scar, which is just jarring to me. Um, like, do you you cut your wrist and then you close your eyes and hope it all goes away? Is yeah. that what happens? Yeah, I think
5: so. Um, it was. It's so hard to look back, and it, I remember it, of course. But it's so hard because of where my life is right now, yeah, because I know. of the. The decisions and choices I've decided to make moving forward. You and I have got to discover a relationship with one another, where you've only know you only really know me from this version, right? And so it's hard for hard to believe for a lot of people, but I know exactly where he was at. So that was that's what made it so so difficult to understand. I was just with them at the Holiday Bowl, I had breakfast with them. Um, It's it's sad. I feel so bad for his family. I
2: I do, too. And for the people who left behind, right? It becomes uh, whether it... And whatever the issue is, whether it was a girl, whether it was... Uh, your future, whether it's just you know depression, which is so so powerful. Um, okay, so here's my uh, honest question to which I've always wondered. I've I suffered depression when I was at Notre Dame. I've suffered it when I, as a as a professional as well, um, and I've gotten a therapist. Whatever that's helped some, and some of it is just I, I don't think I have the wiring. Um, frankly, I don't think I have the guts to to even think about pulling something like that off. I just don't. And now I have so much to live for. Like you, I have a young family. Uh, how do you, is there a way to recognize the symptoms, right? Like, because I know what you're saying is, man, I wish I was in that room so that I could just hug him and I could hold on to him, but you had... You had breakfast with him. Yeah. Like there obviously wasn't a sign there. Like how do we? Is there a way to read a friend to go like he's in a bad place? I need to say something.
5: In my in my space, I was I started distancing myself and I I I wouldn't show up. You know I was I wasn't present. Uh, I would start distancing myself from people and not showing up for things and that's where the the signs developed for me. From all things I'm hearing that that wasn't happening until right. Right, right about the last final moments, and that's that's why it's so difficult. That's why we need to raise the awareness so much and say these feelings that you're having, they're okay, and it's okay then to tell somebody about it. Right. You don't start exhibiting these symptoms because you're feeling them, but to be able to tell them, tell somebody else that you're going through something, uh, is huge because you just don't see in TV and movies where you're where the star quarterback or, or or the valedictorian stands up in front of a group full of his peers and says, "Hey, everybody, I'm struggling. I need some help here." It just we don't see that. So right. it's foreign.
2: And the stigma... It's not a part of the culture. There's a total stigma to getting mental health care. It yes. just is. Right? Um, I You also, you had a painkiller addiction. And uh, something I've always wanted to ask, you. I don't think I've ever asked you on or off air, is what about people who, they have oral surgery or they do have a legit injury and they get a script, how can you protect yourself because these are super, super powerful drugs that sometimes you're just wired to which it becomes addictive. Like how, what's your, as a professional now, as somebody who helps people through the recovery process, how do you protect yourself so that they don't have to call you a Transcend?
5: Yeah, full transparency between you and your doctor, I think, you know, if you feel like there's family history or if you've had an issue before, you need to be fully transparent with your, transparent with your doctor. And the doctor, you know, I talked to a medical uh, professional of mine who said, we spent about three hours in our four years of medical school on addiction. It just it doesn't exist. I, I guarantee you if a doctor steps in front of you and says, this medication is needed for acute pain, but let me just warn you, 10 years from now, you may be breaking into houses and going to prison because of it. You <laughs> might have a different alternative to what you want to take. So it's important for the doctor to be fully transparent and honest about what these pills can do. For a long time, the th- uh, pharmaceutical industry had uh, salespeople who would lobby and, and essentially bribe doctors to prescribe their medication more and more and more. Of course, that's been more limited now with, uh, with laws and things like that nature, but still, they're just not aware. They, they immediately want to alleviate somebody's pain, so this is how they do it. Right. Um, for me, I know I'm going to have surgery again in my life. I just am. I got beat up for a living. There's joints that are going to need to be replaced. Uh, and that's going to be about me talking to my sponsor. That's going to be about talking to my therapist, uh, to my fiancé, probably be in charge of holding my medication. So Because I, I, you, you have to. You go through a surgery where it's uh, 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 so do, intrusive you,
2: like that. Could you do medical marijuana? Would that would that? I don't believe...
5: You, you may be, but I, I just... The, the essence of... Trying to steer aware, stay away from mood-altering substance altogether for me is, yeah. is how I choose to live my life. And because I work in this world and I've seen people have used marijuana, no matter whether it was a medical issue or not, become delusional because of the drug, uh, You know, I tend to just believe in abstinence altogether. And if I can stay, if I have surgery and I can stay on ibuprofen through the whole process, uh, I'm going to. All right, that last thing. You're 41. Brady's 40 years old. I know. Can you believe what this guy's doing? Good story. Uh, our Rose Bowl against uh, Michigan. Sure. Uh, 1998. Uh, I'm warming up. I look over the sideline. I'm watching Brian Greasy. And then there's this, there's this skinny guy wearing number 10. He turns around and says Brady on the back. And his shoulder pads go out about a foot longer than his shoulders. And he's like, these toothpick arms come down. And I immediately thought, I go, you know what? That dude's going to be the greatest NFL quarterback to ever play. I know it.
2: Get out of here. No, of course I Were didn't you, know that. Oh, okay. I was like,
5: really? You said that? That's amazing. <laughs> I'm prophetic. I got it. I got it figured out. It's, it's been so fun to watch him do what he's done. I have a sneaky suspicion, uh, and of course, this is just my opinion, is that uh, I think if
2: they win Sunday, he rides off into the sunset. Really? Yep. He is doing the Tom versus time thing, but I don't know. I don't know. Wow. Six? Six titles. Six is six is big. You already passed Montana. Yeah. He'd be the greatest winning quarterback. You win back-to-back. It's so hard to get back. He's going to lose McDaniels. But I think there's also the ego, of, the ego of, hey, I just did it. I can do it again. It ain't that hard. Hey, you know, if he uh, pull a John Elway. Right up in the sunset. And that way, of course, one back-to-back as well. It's great to see you. You This is awesome work. Go to transcendrecoverycommunity.com for more information or just follow Ryan on Twitter, at Ryan D. Leaf. This is great stuff. I know this is your life's work, and I'm so happy you found a good place. Ryan Leaf joining us. Fox
0: Sports Radio has
2: the best sports talk lineup
0: in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app.
1: with Zumo Play.